It's Friday, June 17th. I'm Pam Jones. The union representing workers at a state psychiatric facility say security issues and understaffing continues to put the lives of employees and patients in danger. More than 1,000 Baltimore County residents facing eviction will get to stay in their homes. A contract vote by the county school board ends a three-decade career of the school system's chief auditor. And we'll hear about a new work by a local professor of composition and music theory that will premiere in Baltimore just in time for Juneteenth. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. The latest COVID numbers for Maryland show a slight uptick in both hospitalizations and the positivity rate. In the last 24 hours, the number was up to 8.01 percent. There are now 1,117 confirmed positive cases. 390 people are currently hospitalized in Maryland due to COVID. Maryland Senators Chris Van Hollen and Ben Cardin announced today they've introduced a bill to spend more than $600 million for major infrastructure improvements at Curtis Bay Coast Guard Yard. During a visit to the yard, the senators said the service to the Fleet Act would pay for improvements to the World War II-era infrastructure and better equip the yard to service new classes of larger, more sophisticated ships. The yard, which has been in operation since 1899, serves as the Coast Guard's only shipbuilding and major repair facility and employs 2,200 full-time staff. The union that represents workers at Clifton T. Perkins Hospital Center, a state psychiatric facility, says assaults on both patients and staff there have become routine due to understaffing of security attendants. WIPR's Rachel Bay with that story. In one year working at Perkins, social worker Chris Yellen says he has been assaulted twice in the hospital's maximum security unit, most recently on May 5th. I was meeting with a patient in the conference room. I walked out with the patient, and then another patient just came up to me and started punching me in the face, in the neck, in the back. They punched me, I, I don't even know how many times. There were no other staff members around, so another patient had to step in. State law requires a ratio of one security attendant to every three patients. The Maryland Department of Health says it is meeting this standard. But AFSCME, the union that represents Yellen and other Perkins workers, says there are usually only two security attendants on a unit with 29 patients. Rachel Bay, WYPR News. At least 1,500 families that could be facing eviction in Baltimore County will be getting help to stay in their homes. County Executive Johnny Olszewski said Thursday that the county is getting an additional $17 million from the state that will go to rental assistance. Since the COVID-19 pandemic began, the county reports it has helped 5,500 families avoid eviction. At a Baltimore County School Board meeting this week, a state senator criticized some board members for not voting on the contract of the school system's chief auditor. As WIPR's John Lee reports, their inaction has ended Andrea Barr's 36-year career with the school system. There were six yes votes on the school board to renew Barr's contract, but she needed seven. Five of the 11 members present either abstained or recused themselves from voting. State Senator Charles Sidner told the board that declining to cast a vote on Barr with no explanation was unconscionable. I'm disappointed that board members did not give Ms. Barr nor their constituents the courtesy of an up or down vote. 
The five board members declined to comment to WYPR about their votes. In 2019, Barr accused two of them, Russ Kuhn and Kathleen Causey, of harassment. One year later, Barr issued a report that the board overspent its budget by more than $60,000 in 2019 when Causey was the chair. John Lee, WIPR News. This Sunday is Juneteenth. The day is observed as a celebration of black culture and is in recognition of June 19, 1865, when enslaved African Americans in Galveston, Texas, and other parts of the U.S. were informed they were free. It is also a U.S. federal holiday on Monday, although not fully recognized as a holiday across all sectors of business. A new musical work is premiering this weekend in Baltimore on Juneteenth that focuses on the creativity and struggles of Frances Ellen Watkins Harper. The Baltimore native and African-American woman was born free in 1825. She was an abolitionist, a creative writer, and a poet, said to be the first black woman in the 19th century to have hundreds of her writings published. But the story of Frances Ellen Watkins Harper is little known. James Lee III, an internationally known composer and professor of composition and music theory at Morgan State University, will premiere a new work to bring a slice of her story to a new audience. It will be performed at Triver Hall by the Pacifica Quartet and sung by soprano Karen Slack. They both joined On the Record's host Sheila Cass to talk about his piece based on Harper's poem, titled A Double Standard. Well, I had been introduced to her just last year for a program in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was a um, program called uh, the Tulsa, um, Oklahoma Massacre Commemoration back in uh, May last year. And I was commissioned to write a song for the mezzo-soprano Denise Graves. And Frances uh, Harper's work was suggested to me for a different uh, a different poem that I used. So this time around this year, I looked for other texts by her and then I discovered this particular poem, A Double Standard. And I thought that the words would suit itself very well to a uh, longer work for soprano and string quartet. This piece was commissioned by Shriver Hall Concert Series, Carnegie Hall, Chamber Music Detroit, and Chamber Music Cincinnati. What was your mandate with this commission? Basically, it was free. I needed to find a text that I could uh, set and then have a parameter of a, a duration of about um, 15 minutes at the most. Soprano Karen Slack, who will be making her debut at Triver Hall on Sunday, talked about the message of the poem, A Double Standard. Well, I think that <laughs> even though the poem was in, was um, uh, written in the 19th century, it is very fitting for the time about how the double standards of men and women, you know, the, the standard is very different and how women are continuously responsible for men in their <laughs> problematic ways at times, but um, also with all of the various movements and, you know, Me Too and all of these things that are we're in this time right now, the poem is not outdated whatsoever and how women are always trying to push the boundaries of sexism and et cetera. In this poem, um, Harper is speaking in the voice of a woman who apparently has, has had sex with a man and been spurned and is now being spurned by society while he's not. Miss um, Lack, could you read to us some of the stanzas you'll be singing? Sure, I'll read the first three of the piece. Do you blame me that I loved him? 
If when standing all alone, I cried for bread, a careless world pressed to my lips a stone. Do you blame me that I loved him, that my heart beat glad and free when he told me in the sweetest tones he loved but only me? Can you blame me that I did not see beneath his burning kiss the serpent's wiles, nor even hear the deadly adder's hiss? Professor Lee describes his composition as a musical journey that reveals the pain and frustration of the biases against women in the 19th century and what was perceived by society as their designated roles. When the audience first hears the uh, initial measures, they'll hear a quite agitated passage. You can tell from her poem that she really was quite not uh, uh, pleased with the double standard that existed. And the music actually starts with the violin, the first violin and this kind of agitated passage that begins. And then there are these accents that are kind of just very uh, heavy in the viola. And then the cello has these pizzicato uh, notes that actually slide up to give this kind of extra effect. And as this music continues to grow in its agitation, then eventually it kind of halts with these uh, these like orchestral hit type chords that you would hear in a larger ensemble, but that I've produced with only four string instruments. And then once they have come to a resting place, then you think that one might accept the double standard, but then there is another accent of just total disgust in the dissonant chord and the strings. And then the the soprano enters with the text, do you blame me that I love him? That's how the work begins. That was James Lee III, an internationally known composer and professor of composition and music theory at Morgan State University. He was joined by soprano Karen Slack in discussing his work, A Double Standard, that will premiere at Baltimore Schreiber Hall on Sunday in observance of Juneteenth. You can hear the entire conversation with on-the-record host Sheila Cast at WIPR.org. the news of the day here on The Daily Dose, but it's also a platform for listeners like you. Got a thought about something you heard on this podcast or a story idea? Leave us a voicemail to play on an upcoming episode, the number 410-235-6060. We've also got a button on the WIPR app so you can record a voice memo that way too. Just tap Daily Dose comments on the app or give us a call. The number again, 410-235-6060. We're always happy to hear from you, and we'll be here for you again on Monday. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WIPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Big thanks to my news team colleagues, reporters Rachel Bay, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Jekina Collier. Our digital news editor is Kristen Mossbrucker. Our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. Stay healthy, stay sane, and stand together. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.